0: When you set the example, guess what you are? The leader. So if we are a believer, then we have all been called to be the leader by setting the example for everyone else around us. And so if we're going to be leaders, then we're going to have to lead out. We're going to have to lead out. And Paul wrote to Timothy here and he said, train yourself to be godly. Train. you got to train yourself to be godly. Why? Because you can only lead out of who you are. You have to train yourself to be godly because you will only lead out of who you are. You can't lead out of what is preached from this pulpit. You can't lead out of who you wish you were. The only thing that you can lead out of on a daily basis is who you are. So Paul says you better train yourself to be godly. He says physical training has some value now, but 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 spiritual training it has benefits now and in the life to come. Well, we all oftentimes put a lot of emphasis on the life to come, but he says no, it's got benefits right now. There are benefits to spiritual training right now. And whenever we begin to train ourselves to be godly, what we are doing is we are building up the leader in us so that we can begin to lead out of who We are, and that's what we all want to do. We all want to lead out in our families. We all want to lead out in our homes. We all want to lead out in our workplaces. We want to lead out in our city. But you cannot lead beyond the level of which you currently are. You can't lead. You can only lead to the level of what is on the inside of you. So what does that mean? That means the more I train, the stronger I get. And the stronger I get, the better I can lead out. So it just makes sense. Paul's saying here, stop pointing the finger at everybody else. You just train yourself. You keep getting better. You keep getting stronger. You keep looking more like Jesus. You start bearing more and more fruit of the Spirit. You get more love in your life, more peace in your life. You get more kindness in your life. You get more self-control in your life. You get more patience in your life. You keep on doing those things, and you keep training yourself to be godly. Then when it comes time for you to lead out, there will be something in you to lead from. What does leading out look like? What does leading out look like? Here, I got a little acrostic for the word out, you know, that's just the way it goes around here. So what does it look like to lead out? It means that you lead over problems. You've got to lead over problems. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 6, he says, for God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. We know, we now, excuse me, we now have this light shining in our hearts, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. Through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies." Yes, we live under constant danger of death because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. So we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. Paul's saying here that, that we have stood in the face of death, and aren't you glad we did? Because it resulted in eternal life for you because you got to hear the message of the gospel. Aren't you glad we went through all the shipwrecks? Aren't you glad we made it through all the the whippings and all the beatings? Aren't you glad that we made it through all the stuff so that the good news could get to you? And so we, we have been suffering, but it's been for you to have eternal life. See, you have two choices when it comes to problems. Your problems can either bury you or they can boost you. It's one or the other. They can bury you or or, or boost you. And I love what Paul writes here. He says, look, he says our suffering is basically what he says. Our suffering is making us more like Jesus. Well, how many of you understand that's perspective right there? That, that, that's when your problems aren't bearing you, they're actually boosting you. And you're saying, no, no, my, my suffering, I'm going through a hard time. He's not saying, hey, everything is peaches and cream, is daisies and roses. No, he says, no, we we are perplexed. We are going through some hard times. We we are facing some difficult challenges. But let me tell you what, they're not crushing us. We are not in despair. We we are finding a way to make it through. And, and here's why, because there is a light on the inside of us and a power on the inside of us that keeps perplexing. Propelling us into the future. So you have to say, what, what what are my problems doing to me? Are my problems burying me? Are my problems causing me to go higher? Paul just said, my problems are causing me to rise up. They're causing the gospel to go out to reach places that they never would have reached. Life is full of problems. I don't have to tell you that. But if life is full of problems, then your life is going to be governed by how you respond to those problems. You, you don't get to do anything about the problems that show up in your life. You don't get to do anything about uh, the situations that, that, that we encounter. Many times those those things just show up. But but our response to problems are going to determine the life that we live. Because we're all going to encounter problems, and so we all make, have to make sure that our response to the problems is the right response. We cannot allow our problems to bury us. They must boost us. They must pick us up and cause us to go to the next level in life. We must learn to lead over Problems. Think about David and Goliath, just for a moment. I mean, think about David going out there, going down to the to to, to the front lines of the battle. He gets down there. He's just doing what his father asked him to do. He's just bringing lunch for his brothers. He comes down. He drops off the lunch. Goliath comes out. Goliath makes his threats towards the army of Israel. The army of Israel is terrified. They're backing up into their corner, and David begins to enter into conversation. Now, let's just think for a moment about David. First of all, David has no experience fighting giants. You know, We all talk about... Uh, uh, you know, David says, I killed the lion when he's talking to Saul. He says, I killed the lion, and I killed the bear, and this giant's going to be dead. But nobody ever talks about it. He ain't never fought, fought a giant before. If he was fighting a lion, that would be good that you killed a lion. If he was fighting a bear, hey, thumbs up. If you've already done it once. You can do it again. But you ain't never fought Goliath, man. This is the champion of the Philistines. David was inexperienced. Not only was he inexperienced, nobody believed in him. Nobody, not his brother, his own brothers didn't believe in him. Nobody on the front line, nobody was believing in David. So he's inexperienced and nobody's really cheering for him. And then the the, the people are terrified. Let's think about the obstacles here. Think about the adversity. The people are terrified. How many understand fear is contagious? The same way that faith is contagious, fear is contagious, and so fear is spreading out. So he is sit, he is standing in a cancerous environment filled with fear, and here he's standing speaking the language of faith, but fear is all around him, and he's he's got this obstacle of every nobody believing him. He's inexperienced fighting giants. He is in a difficult situation. But how many of you have understood that David went out there to the battlegrounds? He he said what he had to say say to Goliath. It was a, a Amazing pre-game speech. And then he said, now the game is on. And he took off after that, swung that rock around, hit that giant right in the forehead. He fell, flaced down, then he cut off his his head. That's a great story. But have you understand, it wasn't without adversity. It wasn't without trouble. It wasn't without problems. But what did David do? David had to get over his problems. Get over his inexperience. Get over the fact nobody was believing in him. Had to get over all of these things. Think about think about Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph, betrayed by his brothers, thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, lied about by, uh, by his owner's wife, thrown in prison by, by his owner, Potiphar, left down there in prison, interprets the dream for the cupbearer. that says, please remember me whenever you get out. He gets forgotten while he's down there in prison. All of this time. And here is Joseph of overcoming problem after problem after problem in order to be elevated to the second most powerful position in all of Egypt. You see, you can look at that position and be like, wow, but God, I mean, we had, wow, look at what God can do. Yeah, but he had to walk through hell to get to that seat. He had to go through serious trials and a lot of problems. He had to walk through things that none, nobody in this room would sign up for. But he went through it all. He faced a problem. What did he learn how to do? To get over problems. Because in the pit, he could have said, I'm done. Forget this. I'm out of here. When he got betrayed in Potiphar's house, he could have said, man, I tried my best. I've been trying to work hard, be faithful. Man, I'm done. I'm, I'm out. I'm checking out of life. I'm, I'm just going to sit here in prison. I'm going to die in prison. I'm going to rot here in prison. No, that's not what he did. He kept getting over his problems. That's the way that you lead. You have to be able to get over problems obviously Jesus walking on the waves right Jesus was on top of his problems Jesus was over his problems Jesus could get over his problems and I love what Paul writes there in verse 7 in 2nd Corinthians that we just read and he says this makes it clear that our great power is from God and not from ourselves our great power is is from God, not from. it's it's not because we are so disciplined, it's not because we have so much stamina, it's not because we have so much perseverance, no. He says this great power that we have, the power to keep getting back up, the power to try again, believe again, hope again, this great power that is in us that is pushing us forward to preach the gospel in places where there's persecution, this great power within us, it does not come from ourselves, this power comes from God. So whenever we read about, I mean, we put it in our declaration. We say it every Sunday. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer. Okay, I am an overcomer. What does that mean? That means that you figure out a way to get over what comes at you. That's what it means to be an overcomer. Because you got the enemy shooting lies at you. you got to get over the lie. Life is throwing problems at you. You got to get over the problem. You got things coming at you on a daily basis. You have things coming your way. Can you get over what is coming at you? That's what makes you an overcomer. You have to get over the problems that are moving in your direction. How do you do that? By the great power we have in access to God. That's how we get over it, by the great power that we have. That's why Paul writes in Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything through Christ. I can do everything through the one who gives Me strength. It is Christ that supplies the power. It is Christ that supplies the strength. It is what I get from God. And when it comes to me from God, it lets me get over whatever's coming at me because it's not up to me. It's not up to my experience. It's not up to how good I've been the last five years. It's not up to any of that. There is a power on the inside of me that is an eternal power. There is a glory on the inside of me that is all powerful. That lets me do, I can do all things. So whenever life brings a disease my way, I can get over that disease. Whenever I get bad news from my, from, from my contractor, then I can get over that. Whatever is coming my way, I can get over that. Why? Because there is a spirit in me that is superior to anything else. That spirit is there so that I can get over problems. You know, Philippians 4.13, for I can do all things through Christ who gives us truth. That's not an inspirational scripture. It's the truth. It's not just something you put on your wall, make you feel better. It's the truth. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says about truth that whenever you know the truth, the truth sets you free. When you know that Philippians 4.13 is the truth, that I can do all things. And I know that. That is my truth. When I know that truth, then it sets me free. What does it set me free? It sets me free to get over my problems so that I can lead out. I got to get over problems. Here's the the second thing. The the U stands for I got to lead under people. I got to lead under people. Let Let me explain. Let's go to the scriptures. Matthew chapter 20. Verse 25, but Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. But among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your slave. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. But you see, the thing about Jesus, Jesus didn't didn't just teach it. Jesus also lived it. And we can see that in John 13, 14. It says, and since Jesus speaking here, and since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow, do as i have done to you so often we get we get these first two points switched up we spend our lives living under problems while trying to lead over people we, we flip it and instead of instead of leading over problems and then leading under people by serving them we 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 get those things flipped so many times and we live our life under the problems, under the stress, under the worry, under the adversity, and then we try to lead over people and telling them how they should live and why they should live. We try to lord it over people and be their boss. And here's the thing that that we we have to flip this thing back in the right way. You need to rule your problems but not people. But sometimes when our when our problems, you know this to be true. When our problems are crushing us, we try to take it out on somebody else. Anybody else in the room, like me. Okay. Whenever you are under stress, you take it out on your spouse. Okay. Whenever you are in a in a difficult situation and you're oppressed, then somebody around you is going to get what. Wow. Okay. I mean, it's just it's going it's going to happen. All right. And your assistant is going to look at you like I. I just said good morning. I don't know. You just you yelled at me. I don't know what happened. But you feel pressure, and 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 you have these moments. So we have to make sure that we are we are ruling our problems, not our people. You see, you 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 have to you you have to love people, but don't love your problems. Come on, can I just tell you? Some people love their problems because they love to complain. They've gotten in a habit. I love my problem. What happened if I don't have any problems anymore? What am I going to talk about? What am I gonna talk about? I'm in love, I'm infatuated with my problems. I love to talk about my adversities, I love to talk about all the things that are going wrong, I love to talk about all these things. Why? Because it gives me something to talk about and something to complain about. And people love their problems, but no, we're we're called to love people, not our problems. You rule over your problems. You dominate your problems. You don't dominate people. You don't rule over people. No, you love people and you serve people. And Jesus challenged us to follow his example. Here we see the Savior of the world, he served the sinners in the world. He's the Savior of the world and he served the sinners in the world. That's why leading people is all about humility. In Galatians 5, He says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. Serve one another humbly in love. Serve one another humbly in love. Let me just give you just a couple practical ways to practice humility. Just a few ways to practice humility. How do you practice humility in conversation? How do you practice humility in conversation? Don't talk about yourself. Give the other person to talk about their favorite subject, which is themselves. Don't talk about yourself. Let other people talk. When you go to lunch, you go to coffee, you meet somebody out there in the forest, let somebody else talk. You can practice, that's just a simple way to practice humility in conversation. How do you practice humility in connection? Don't think about what you want from them, think about what they need from you. It's how you practice humility in in a connection. Whenever I meet somebody, whenever I start talking to someone, I'm not trying to think about what can I get from them. I'm trying to think about what do they need from me. Do they need some encouragement? Do they need some prayer? Do they need some, some, some truth delivered right now? What do they need from me? What, how can I best serve them? That, that's how we practice humility in connection. How do you practice humility in conflict? You listen to someone's perspective. Don't just assume that they are idiots and you know the best way. When you are in conflict, practice humility just by listening. Listen to their perspective. Listen to their pain. Listen to their point of view. Just listen to them and don't assume that you know the right way to do it. How do you practice humility in contemplation? Don't think less of yourself. Just think less. Just think about yourself less. Okay? Don't don't think less of yourself. Humility is not thinking that you're a bad person or thinking that you don't deserve the love of God or you don't deserve a place in his kingdom. No, no, no. It's, it's not thinking less of yourself. It's just thinking about yourself yourself. Less. just don't think about yourself as much well. so whenever you're contemplating whenever you're just thinking whenever you just have time alone actually start thinking about someone else think about what someone else is going through think about the challenges that somebody else is facing think about some of the some of the people that are, that are having a hard time in America right now think about the people in Houston think about the people that are in Florida right now think about the people that are dealing with the wildfires out there just get your mind off of your own issues and your your own problems, whenever you just have a moment all by yourself and you're just contemplating life, go ahead and switch that and practice some humility. Think less about yourself. Think more about other people. Just simple ways that you can begin to practice humility in your daily daily life. Here, let's, let's, let's wrap up the last thing. Uh, if you're going to lead out, the T stands for you got to lead through principles. You got to lead through principles. So you lead over problems. You leave, uh, lead under people by serving them, washing their feet, who can go the lowest. And then you lead through principles. We, we can't lead through our feelings and we can't lead through our emotions in the moment because that's never going to lead us to the ultimate destination we are trying to get to. No, instead, we must lead through the principles found in God's word. Let me just give you these, these six verses real quick as we close, because I think that they, that they will speak to you tonight. How do we lead through principles? Proverbs 6, six. all of these are from Proverbs 16. You might even want to go ahead and read it tonight before you go to bed. Proverbs 16, verse 9, it says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. I lead through principles. What is my principle? My principle is that I have a plan. That's my principle. My principle is also that I don't get upset when the Lord comes in and tweaks my plan. Okay, I, 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 just, I, I, I lead through the principle. I'm going to be prepared, but if God wants to go a different direction, I'm going to go with God. So that, that's, just, that, that's just a principle that we, that we live by. We got to lead from that principle. Proverbs sixteen fifteen says this, when the king smiles, there is life. His favor refreshes like a spring rain. This is, this is a great word. If you, if you are a father in the house, or if you're a single mom, let me tell you, you, you might be the, the king and the queen of your house. Uh, but if you, are, if you are a king in your house, let me tell you what, that whenever you smile, there is life, and your favor refreshes everybody around you. Come on, can I just say this tonight? Don't, 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 don't come home every night tired, grumpy, and upset, and then wonder why your, your home is not flourishing. Because when you come home and smile, you know, it doesn't, it does, it does it Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Joel. Joel said, oh. up, <laughs> he just saved me right there. He, he, it doesn't matter what's happened in your day. Do you know that you can smile? Smiling has nothing to do with what happened during the day. Smiling has everything to happen with me using the muscles in my face to go like this. But that's what it says. A smile A smile, the smile of the king. In the smile of the king, there is life. In the smile of the king, it refreshes everyone around them. You can refresh your home by just smiling. It's a principle to live by. My day is not going to dictate my smile when I come home. The bad things that happen in the course of my workday is not going to determine how I treat my kids when I walk through the door. Why? Because they need to be refreshed and they need that feeling and they need that security. So I'm going to come in with a smile because there's life in the home whenever I smile it's just a principle that we have to lead through Proverbs sixteen sixteen says this how much better to get wisdom than gold and good judgment than silver I have to know how important it is for me to get wisdom I've got to continue to grow it's a principle that I live by I am constantly seeking growth and I'm constantly seeking wisdom in my life Proverbs sixteen twenty: those who listen to instruction will prosper Those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. Okay, just a principle I live by. I don't know it all. I don't know it all. That's just a principle that I live by. Every single person in the world has something to teach me. Even if you don't have a high school diploma, you have something to teach me. Even if you grew up in another country, you have something to teach me. It doesn't matter what you, every single person on this planet has something to teach you. You can get instruction from people. You can get instruction from the most unlikely people in the most unlikely situations. Because why? Because I'm always looking to learn. I'm looking for some instruction. And then I put my trust in the Lord. And it says for those that put their trust in the Lord, they will be joyful. Why? Because the Lord never disappoints. When I put my trust in him, then I can be filled with joy. That's just, a, 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 that's how I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead out from these principles. Proverbs 16, 24. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Come on, kind words. Kind words. I'm going I'm to be kind to the person that messes up my order at the restaurant twice. Why? Because kindness is good for me and it's good for them. It's good. It's good for me. It's not. It's. It doesn't say that the that, that kind words are like honey, sweet just to their soul and healthy just for their body. No, it's talking about you. It's sweet to your own soul, and it's healthy for your own body whenever you speak words of kindness. So I'm going to be kind. I'm going to lead through the principles of God's word. And when I'm kind to people that don't expect me to be kind, come on, have you ever been there? And like the person is expecting you to be angry and they're expecting you to be upset. And all of a sudden you just come out so kind and you can just tell. Like I mean, it's really like you just punched them in the nose. You know, and they're just like, oh, oh, I mean, you just catch them so off guard because they weren't expecting it come on you can minister to somebody just by being kind it, it's like honey it's sweet into their soul and it can it can cause them to be healthy on the inside just because you decided to be kind I was in Starbucks the other day sitting down and the the, the seat right next to me was just open right there and somebody came in and I said is it okay if I sit here and I thought I don't own this place. Like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I said, absolutely. I was actually reserving that seat for you, you know? And and she looked at me, she's like, ha, 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 okay. I was like, absolutely, sit down right here. You know, I just kind of started talking to her and everything. And she's like, oh. And then when she got up, she was like, sir, thank you so much for letting me sit. She was the nicest person ever. Thank you so much for letting me sit. Why? Because kindness, it does something to the soul, and it's healthy for the body. It's just people don't get enough of it. Proverbs 16, verse 32, the last one that we're going to read and we're going to close. Sixteen thirty-two says this, better to be patient than powerful, better to have self-control than to conquer a city. Come on, these, these are just principles that we leave from. It's better to be patient than powerful. Isn't it funny that everybody's chasing power, but nobody likes patience? The Bible says it's better to be patient than powerful. it's better to have self-control than conquer a city, but everybody's trying to conquer everything. But they don't understand if you you conquer something and you don't have the self-discipline and the self-control to maintain it, what you conquered is you're gonna lose it. Because the enemy that you drive out today is just gonna gather their troops and come back around and drive you right back out because you don't have the self-control that it takes to stay on the mountain that you conquered. So, these are just principles that you have to lead out from. I gotta lead out from the principle of patience. I've gotta lead out from the principle of self control. I've gotta lead out through these godly principles. Why do I lead out through the principle of? Making plans but understanding God's in control. Why do I lead out of the principle of of, of when the king smiles, there's life and it, it refreshes like a spring rain? Why do I lead out of the principles of gaining wisdom and, and good judgment? Why do I lead out of the principle of listening to instruction because I'm gonna prosper and trusting in the Lord? I'll be joyful. Why do I lead out of the principles of kind words like honey, sweet to the soul, healthy for the body? Why do I lead out of principles like be better to be patient than powerful, better to be uh, better to have self-control than to conquer a city? Why do why do I lead out of principles? Because there are going to be times when I don't want to be kind. There's going to be a time when I want to do it my way. I don't want to go get instruction. There there's going to be a time when I walk home and I don't want to smile. I don't want to be nice. I don't want to have everybody come hug daddy and rah rah rah. I don't want. I, there's going to be a time. There's going to be a time when I make a plan and God's going to try to change my plan and I'm going to say, not today, God. Because that's the way I feel. But I don't lead out of my feelings. I lead through principles. The principles of the Word of God. See, it's so important. That's why we have our house habits. Because our habits create principles in our lives that we live by. So whenever life comes in and sucker punches you in the side and has you down on the ground and you're gasping for breath and you don't know if you can make it, you say, no, I've got a habit that says, no, we live on around here. We live on through the sucker punch. We live on through the difficulty. We live on through the adversity. Whenever somebody cuts you off in traffic, you got a principle that says, no, I love big, even you. God bless that Chevrolet right there. Because I love big. I got principles. Because my emotion, I'm I'm ready for road rage. But I've got principles. Whenever somebody does me wrong, I say, I'm not honoring them. I'm not not, not honoring them. No, 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 no. I got a principle that we honor consistently. We don't honor people for who they are. We honor people because of who we are. We don't honor them for what they've done. We honor them because we are honorable. It's who we are. We honor. That's why we have principles that say we lean in because there's going to be a Sunday when I come to church and I'm not going to really feel like worshiping. There's going to be a Sunday, I come to church, and I'm not really I'm not really feeling it that Sunday because I got pressures and stresses, and my, my kid couldn't find his other sandal, and all kinds of stuff was going on. And, and then the one of them spilled stuff all over there, They're, you know, on the way to church. I'm just dealing with all it, and I walk in, and I just got so much stuff. But you know what? I said, no, I got a principle in my life. When I walk into the house of God, I lean into the presence of God, and I lean into worship, and I lean into the Word because it has nothing to do with my morning. It has everything to do with the principle that I decided to live my life by. We have these habits because they build a framework for our lives so that we can lead out through the principles of the Word of God so that we are not a prisoner to our emotions. We are not a prisoner to our feelings, but instead we are a servant. We are a servant of the principles of God. We lead out. We lead over our problems. Come on, we lead under people. We serve people. We love people. We we, we lead under people and we lead through our principles. That's how we lead out. That's how we lead out. You want to lead out of who you are. Come on, you got to learn how to lead over problems. You got to learn how to lead under people. And you got to learn how to lead through God's principles. Come on, you stand with me tonight as we close. Amen. Father, we are so grateful, God. We're so grateful for your word. So grateful for truth. God, uh, Lord, your word says that we shall know the truth and that truth shall set us free. God, I pray you would set us free tonight so that we can be who you created us to be. Set us free from the lie that says we'll never lead. Set us free from the lie that says we'll never be able to make a difference. Set us free. Set us free. Set us free to be who you want us to be. God, we want to lead out. We want to lead out. We want to lead over problems. We want to lead under people. We want to, we want to Follow your lead. God, we want to serve so well. We want to wash feet. We want to love. We want to live in humility. We want to be humble. We want to lead. We want to lead under people. And God, we we want to lead through principles, through your principles. Come on tonight, if you're here in this room and you say, man, I'm I'm ready to lead out in a brand new way. I'm ready. I've got some problems right now. And, and if you were honest tonight, you'd say, man, I'm really kind of living under my problems right now. My problems are on top of me. My problems are burying me. But you say, I am ready. I am ready to lead over my problems. Maybe tonight you're here and you say, I'm I'm ready to lead under people. I'm ready to serve like I've never served, to love like I've never loved. I'm ready to lead under people. I'm not, I don't want to boss people, I don't want to lord it over people, but I'm ready to serve people and wash feet like Jesus. Or maybe tonight you need to lead through some principles. You've maybe you've been letting your feelings, your emotions dictate some of your actions and tonight you say no 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 no. that's not who I want to be I can't lead out of that I gotta lead out through principles principles of the word of God tonight hey if that's speaking to you tonight if you're ready to lead over problems. You're ready to lead under people. You're ready to lead through God's principles. Come on, I just want you to lift your hand right now. Come on, just as a sign to God. Come on, we just lift our hand around here to say, God, that's me tonight. God, I'm ready to lead out. God, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to get over these problems that are trying to bury me, these problems that are trying to crush me and destroy me, these problems that are trying to put me in the place of despair and hopelessness. God, I, I say I'm ready to live over the problems. I'm ready to overcome what the enemy is sending my way. I'm ready to get over the problems that I'm experiencing in life. God, I'm ready to overcome. God, with our hand lifted up, God, we're ready. We're ready to get under people. We're ready to serve we are ready to serve and to love. God, we're ready to lead through your principles, not through our ways, not through our ideas, but through your principles, your word, and your ways. Come on, why don't you just repeat this prayer after me tonight, everybody in the room. Come on, say, dear Heavenly Father, I'm ready to lead out. I want to lead through who you created me to be. I want to lead through the power that is on the inside of me. I'll lead over problems, I'll lead under people, and I'll lead through your principles. Father, I pray for each and every person in this room tonight. God, I thank you that you're making us all leaders. You're making us all people who will set the example and be the example for all believers. God, that we would be the example in the workplace. we will be the example on Facebook. It will be the example, God. In the coffee shop, we will be the example, God. And our churches will be the example everywhere we go because we are leading out of who? you created us to be. God, we thank you for that. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray and believe tonight. Come on, can somebody say amen? Somebody say amen.